What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. No practice on Saturday for the Kansas City Chiefs as they prepare for their first preseason action of the season on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. So we'll get you caught up on from a week in St. Joe ahead of the Chiefs preseason opener. We'll start things off with the Out of Structure podcast discussing the Charles Amenahu suspension, Chris Jones holdout, and how all of it fits together for the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line. After that, it's the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. I joined Pete and John this week to discuss the guys that we'll be paying the closest attention to during Sunday's preseason game. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK discussing some exciting Chiefs questions as we head into the season, as well as the impact of this Chris Jones holdout. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Um, so, you know, to me, that that makes me think, you know, obviously Chris Jones is is playing, a, you know, a little hardball wanting to get what he feels like he deserves. And he's, you know, uh, definitely, you know, he, he has the right to do that. So to me, it's just it's surprising me that the Chiefs have kind of not uh, boxed maybe yet or just kind of said, all right, you know, we want you here. We'll get you what you deserve or maybe get you closer than than we initially offered. But, you know, maybe Chris is just. You know, he he feels comfortable that, you know, I can hold this out as long as possible. And, and as long as, you know, I'm there by week one, I'll, I'll be I'll be good and, and I'll get my deal. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like the, the longer it goes on, the longer we may not get a deal. Yeah, week one would be the graduation day in this uh, in this scenario. You don't want to be pushing your luck. Right. Like so I, I think there's a uh, I, I don't know. I think the longer it goes on, the the bigger chance there is that the team is just not going to pay him and they're going to say you got it you have one year left you're either playing on that or you're going to sit out uh which you know he's not going to be happy with and then uh he's getting the tag or getting or getting out next year it 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 very i'm seeing that more and more as a possibility than i did you know two months ago even i thought for sure that they would have a deal in place by now well and we have precedent that of them to kind of you know maybe surprisingly go into the contract year of a player um you know i think we all kind of figured orlando brown jr may get a contract last year and, and that ended up being i think we all kind of you know think the right decision um this is obviously a lot different i think chris jones is a much different level of talent and uh you know there's a little bit different of a reputation with the team uh you know he's been here a long time he's one of the you know the longest tenure players on the team so yeah, I, I think we've seen the precedent of the team, you know, standing their ground on how much to pay someone. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, last time they got away with it because it was early enough in the offseason where they could trade him away and get assets in terms of Tyree Kill. They're kind of into a corner where, like, you're not going to get a great return if you trade him right before the season, I don't think. I mean, I know we've seen Khalil Mack get traded before the season, uh, you know, in years past, and get. I think they gave two, three first-round picks. You know, I don't know if teams are doing that now, but... 
it, it, it does seem like, yeah, it's either he gets the extension or he's playing on the last year of his deal. And, you know, we're probably saying sayonara next offseason. I don't I don't see a trade. A trade just doesn't really make sense at this point. Yeah, I mean, because there's not very many teams, if any, that could take on his salary this year. So they would have yeah. to have an extension worked out, uh, you know, in the process of the trade. So it, it, it's there's a lot that would have to happen for that to make sense. And, again, on the Chiefs' side, you know, you've got a player that is – you know, all pro and has said he doesn't want to play for any other team. So yeah. you, 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 you're really, you're not going to replace that guy. Uh, definitely not at this point in the season, definitely not for this year. So there's not, they're kind of in a bad spot. I think if, if, uh, if they wanted to really play hardball, uh, this is not really the time to do it. It didn't feel like. Well, and, and, and here's my point that I've been making, uh, you know, if you've listened to me in spaces, if you read my article that many of you did read and, and, and let me know about it in a, in a, a, in a you know, critis, critical way, which, hey, I, I appreciate, you know, and I, and I do want to say on that, on, on the article kind of centered around Mahomes' comments about his contract recently, you know, yeah, I, I, I probably didn't emphasize my point enough. And, and my point here is that, you know, you talk about the hard ball negotiations, you know, Mahomes maybe or excuse me, Chris Jones, uh, you know, pushing the envelope, pushing the limits on on how much he can get in this negotiation. You know, if the team wants to have him, which they clearly do, we've just gone over that part of it. Uh, you know, they wouldn't have got this deep in the offseason if they didn't. At some point, you know, you're not just going to let him walk because he wants a few more million. And to my knowledge, and, and I believe Mahomes thinks of it this way as well. Mahomes signed that deal for instances like this, where if there was just this little bit of of margin that that they're that they're not getting, they're not they're not closing, right? That that Chris is asking for more than the team wants to pay. You don't, you're not paying as Patrick Mahomes as much as he's worth in this year, and the year after, and the year after. So you can maybe afford that two or three or four million a little more um, that Chris Jones is maybe asking for. You know, that's that to me. That's that's how it should be looked at. Um, I, I get that. The team isn't just going to pay every single player that does, that's up for a contract, and they haven't. So, like, I've, I've, I think they've done a really good job of, of maneuvering the cap in the Mahomes contract, but it's clear that Mahomes wants Chris Jones here. We all want Chris Jones here because we're all smart, and we're smart people and know that how good he is for the defense. And I think the team knows that they need him here and they want him here. So, to me, it's just the team's got to balk at some point. Just give him the deal, and I think – I think the whole reason you gave, you got Mahomes into this awesome contract a few years ago where he's got this extension and all these restructure mechanisms, it's so you can afford these extra dollars that maybe you didn't want to pay Chris Jones uh, you know, uh, initially. But you, you can because Mahomes is getting underpaid for what he yeah. should be paid. Yeah, and, and if, they, if they're not willing to do that, you got to wonder what's the point. What was the point of that? Of that yeah, contract. I mean, obviously that's a little facetious as the point of the contract is to keep the best quarterback in the world in Kansas <laughs> City for 12 years. But, you know, there there's something to be said for that. I mean, I, I do think that there's, you know, if he left any money on the table, uh, he didn't leave it there for draft picks. You know, I mean, it, it's really there for for deals like this. And, and he's, you know, Tyree Hill was almost irreplaceable. They found a way, but they largely found a way because Mahomes could compensate for it. Right. If Chris Jones is just as irreplaceable on the defensive side and there's nobody that can compensate for it. And, and now uh, we can kind of go on to our next topic, but uh, Charles Amenahu was just announced with a six game suspension. 
that would have been part of the theoretical solution here is to say that um, you've got another interior pass rusher that can help uh, alleviate some of that pressure. Well, at least for six games, you don't. So there's not, uh, there's not a plan B here. It, plan, plan A, B, and C are Chris Jones plays for the Chiefs this year. Yeah, and, and the defensive line really needs him because especially with the Omenihu suspension right out the gate, you know, we're talking about a lot of young bodies on that defensive line, a lot of inexperience uh, on that defensive line, especially at the edge position. You know, you're talking about Karloftis, um, the FAU, the rookie. Mike Dana, obviously, is, is the experienced one of the group, but he's been dealing with a, a knee injury, uh, a calf injury, excuse me. Um, he just got back into practice today. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, it's Malik Herring, it's BJ Thompson, it's Joshua Kane. You know, it's, it's, it's guys that, you know, you don't usually see on a football field, uh, you know, on, on an active roster, um, you know, playing a lot of snaps for an NFL defense. Um, so that's where it is a little concerning at the beginning of the season. The back end is going to have to really pick up uh, the defensive line to me. Um, I, I really feel like especially you, watch, you see that first, that week one game, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm taking the over right now because I think the, the, the Lions offensive line is very, very good. And the Chiefs defensive line may not be ready for that challenge right away, especially if Jones doesn't, you know, get kind of back into the swing of things uh, sooner, uh, sooner than later. You know, that, that, that's the kind of thing that, you know, it might be a struggle early on in the season, um, you know, to, to, to really get generate pass rush with just the defensive line to hold up against the run. You know, many of you, as much as he's not much of an edge rusher right now, he's, he's the pass rusher inside, but he can hold an edge. He's, he, he can, he can be hard to block on the edge. That's valuable, you know, against the run obviously. And, uh, and they're going to miss that. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's a little concerning for sure. Um, but does that at mean they're going to, sorry, at what point do you think we worry about Chris Jones's ability to, to be ready and stay healthy for the season? If he doesn't have, if he doesn't have any training camp, I know, right. It's, it's a good question. Like, you know, you trust a guy is going to stay in shape and like, especially someone who wants to prove he's, you know, worth, you know, if he doesn't get this deal, right. He still wants to get paid next off season. So like he, he understands that he still has to be ready to go right away. So, you know, it, we probably shouldn't be concerned. He's an, he's a professional athlete um, and he's been around long enough, but I they just think there's their shape and there's football shape. Right. And, and it's, yeah, you know, it might be different by the time, you know, between him working out at home and being in camp or being in practice. Yeah. And St. Saint, Saint Joe, I think you, I think you do build a, uh, some character that I don't think you can build just on your own, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, working, you know, maybe, you know, with a few other people. So I think there is something to that. So yeah, I, I think, I think we, it may take a few weeks for Chris to get in dominant, dominant shape. And that might not look good right away in, in week one, to be honest with you. We will see. It's definitely some concern on both of those guys. I think I'm in his suspension it's another topic that's kind of been annoying uh, on social media because I think a lot of people wanted to act like this was somehow a surprise to the team that, that all of a sudden that, that Omenihue was, Oh my gosh, he's suspended. That changes everything. I, I saw some takes saying, well, now they're really going to have to give Chris Jones some extra, extra money. Chris Jones's uh, salary just went up by $3 million because Omenihue got suspended. Well, first of all, all due respect, but, uh, the Chiefs knew very well that I mean, he was going to be suspended uh, before they signed the deal with him, before he was brought into town at all. Andy Reid confirmed as much today. They didn't know the timing or the length of the, of the suspension, but you knew it was coming. They knew it was coming uh, just because we had kind of forgotten about it. We had been lulled to sleep a little bit on 
on, on this deal doesn't mean that the team was. Uh, but how concerned are you about his absence, again, with or without Chris Jones? Right. No, I, I, that's the thing. It makes sense maybe why we didn't see them. Because I thought one way that maybe without Chris being in camp, they may start using Omenihu more as that three-tech because, you know, he is he does kind of have the body of a three-tech. He's just a little lighter than a typical defensive tackle. Um, but they, they we did not see that. And maybe that's just because they knew, all right, we're not going to have him, you know, kind of early in the season anyway. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter to train him at the position Chris you know, is going to be playing and, and, and probably be, you know, back, back in good shape, you know, at least by that, that sixth week. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. Again, I mentioned like the, the thing we're mainly going to miss with the who's is inside pass rush. I think him and Jones together, honestly, could be the most disruptive interior rushing duo on a pass down in the NFL. Um, they, they really could be uh, together just because Chris Jones is that dominant. And then a who is good enough to really take advantage of any time he's one-on-one with the guard. Um, more than a lot of other guys would in his situation um, as that uh, second interior rusher. So, you know, that's really what they're missing. Um, again, I, I think they're going to miss having his body on the edge because they're just going to run out of bodies uh, early in the season, especially with guys like, you know, rookie, like a rookie FAU, you know, Malik Herring is still kind of learning, uh, you know, he's in his third year, but he hasn't played that much. So I, I think that's, that's where they'll miss him is just kind of being a body on the edge, giving them another guy to kind of get in there and, 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 you know, take on blocks on the and run, but man, that pass rush, it was going to be fun to watch him and Jones together. Now we're not going to be able to see that until at least week seven. Hopefully we see it then. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's all we got to say. All right. Fingers crossed. Back here on the Arrowhead pride podcast, the editor show, we're bringing in Arrowhead pride podcast producer, Steve Serta. If you hear a like a wind tunnel when he's speaking, he just off air explained that he's not shutting it's off. Fine. His air it's fine. Yeah, there I, it is. it's not uh, turning it off. It gets too hot in this room to just be sitting I, here for an if hour. I'm reading, if I'm reading the reviews closer, the air conditioner is fine, Steve. It's the mouse clicking that they that that's really, <laughs> really <laughs> want you Okay, I'm gonna order a new mouse because it is it is starting to annoy me too when I listen back to it. But the biggest problem is that during the camp reports, I can't mute myself the same way I can in here. So it's easy for me to mute myself on the stream. But when I'm talking to you on the phone, I can't mute you because if I mute you, it's going to mute the whole thing. And so that's why they hear the clicks and everybody complains about the clicks. I'm I'm working on it. I'm going to get a new mouse event. I'm I'm sorry, Steve. I didn't understand that. Can you explain it again? Oh, no, wait. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) You know what, Steve? You keep that air conditioner on. You click that mouse. Whatever makes you happy. All right. right. Let's get into the NFL preseason here. I let you guys go first. I always do in these uh, segments, these roundtables that we do. I want to know what uh, is exciting you about the preseason. We know that we don't get a ton of the first team. If I'm guessing here, based upon 7,000 years of covering Andy Reid at this point, you'll get maybe a series or two of Mahomes, and then he'll give Blaine Gabbert you know, most of the second quarter, Shane Bouchelle, and then Chris Oladokun will come in at the end for you know whatever amount of, of series. Um, but there are particular players I know we're excited about. So, John, let's start with you. What are you looking most forward to about the preseason? Well, thank you for choosing me to go first because I get to say Justin Ross. Mm. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 it's hard for me to imagine. Yeah. yeah, that's the slam dunk right there. It's hard for me to imagine uh, that people will be looking at anybody else in these preseason games uh, than to see what he's capable of doing uh, against you know, semi-genuine NFL competition. I mean, we're, we're still not going to see 
what he's going to look like against full-blown NFL competition. But, it, you know, he's going to be playing against some guys who are going to be hitting as hard as they can because they're trying to get jobs on NFL teams, particularly who plays later than the, the first couple of series in the game. Uh, but, man, what an interesting story this is. Uh, I'm rooting for the guy. I want him to succeed because it'll be a great story. And if he succeeds, he'll be a great player for the Chiefs that in which they have made a very small investment. I'm very pleased that this has worked out this way. I know a lot of people think I was bad-mouthing him, and I'm not. I never was. I just, you know, my job is to be honest with people and look at every everything that might go wrong as well as everything that might go right. And to start with, the wrong stuff was just too big a pile. But now that we've seen some right stuff, it's it's going back the right way now. Yeah. Uh, when he first had his first pad at practice, I forget who it was who asked him, what did you think of the first hit? And he goes, it was beautiful. And so my follow-up <laughs> was like, man, you keep talking about hits. Uh, how much do you need that first preseason game to really – and he he really wants to get through it. I think he wants to get hit a couple times, which is – this is the bizarre world we live in where you're just like, you're begging for these 200 and some odd pound men to thrash you. So you know that you right. can handle it again, uh, but that's where he's at. And kudos to him for saying that kudos to him to, to be ready for that. And I think that's going to be a, a key part. It'll actually be a uh, 21 months to the day when he suits up in new Orleans to the last time he's played in a football game. So this is a big day, Steve, for Justin Ross. Yeah, I think Justin Ross is the number one thing that everybody's going to be watching in this football game. But I'm sticking on the offensive side of the ball. I'm really interested to see how they deploy the running back room. And uh, I'm thinking back to years past with the Chiefs where we saw guys like Carlos Hyde be really active in the preseason. And then they wind up shipping him off before the regular season starts. And last year... We kind of saw it with Ronald Jones, where he was brought in as a guy that we thought was going to have a role in the offense and be a contributor. And it just never really worked out for him. And part of that was Isaiah Pacheco being so good during training camp and showing the Chiefs that he he deserved to get playing time. So we're probably not going to see Pacheco. We're probably not going to see McKinnon. But I think we're going to see a lot of Clyde and we're going to see a lot of generic Prince, who, Pete, you have along with the rest of Chiefs media have really been hyping up during training camp and I haven't gotten to go to practice. I haven't gotten to see him in person. So I'm really Prince, excited to see what generic Prince looks like in preseason. Prince is, one. Prince is having the training camp where if his name was Justin Ross, it would be an, an explosive story in Kansas city with how good he mm-hmm. is. Right. Like it's yeah. just, he didn't have the hype coming in and even how he's performing it. He still doesn't really have it as, as big as it, as Ross and, and, I think the Chiefs have a, basically another Isaiah Pacheco who could probably catch a little bit better, which is crazy to think about. So I'm a, I agree with you. I was going to go more specific on mine, and it was kind of like yours, so I'll briefly say it and then talk about something else sort of by extension. But I want to know how they use Clyde. Is it mm-hmm. I'm going to use yeah. him a lot so that we are displaying him to maybe move him, showing the rest of the league that he he is still a good player and can be productive? And I, I'll go by extension of that. I, I think this is an important game for the offensive line and especially I think Donovan Smith and mm. by, by proxy Brett Veach, because it's one thing to bet on John, Juwan Taylor and to pay him a lot of money. And I know there was all this crap about, you know, which, which tackle <laughs> should he be, whatever we, cause you know, he's, he's an elite player and I think everybody knows that. And they really like the signing some would rather see him at left than right. It's Smith 
Like Smith wasn't great last year and he was pretty injured. And if he, it's a series or two and doesn't perform well in this game, I, I think immediately you're going to see people be like, what are we doing at left tackle? And then maybe even calling for like a Lucas Niang or even a Wanye Morris. So I know he's what a 10 year veteran, former Ironman after before last year, he had never missed a start similar, similar to like Mitch Schwartz and, and Joe Tooney. Um, but you know, 10 years in, this is a big preseason game for me, uh, for Donovan Smith. I think we just named three offense. So let's try to go defense here. Uh, Steve, we'll go back to you. Are you ready with a defensive take? Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see uh, the defensive line rotation and obviously not the, the main guys like Mike Dana, who is a starter and, and I think should be talked about that way. Like he's been dealing with an injury where I was saying I see a ton of him or, or guys like that. But I'm talking more about Felix. I'm talking more about yeah. Keandre Coburn, Tershawn Wharton, BJ Thompson, Malik Herring, like, all of these guys who, while this is still totally up in the air with Chris Jones and you want to feel better about the Chiefs' depth unless they decide to bring in one of these veterans who's still floating around on the free agent market, like I want to see something from this defensive line and, and see what the guys behind the starters have, and hopefully it's a positive return. Yeah, I think you know who the starters are, and you know, some of them are suspended. Some of them are, are going to maybe be here eventually. Uh, you know the, about the ends. I, I think Carl Loftus and Dana, once Dana is completely healthy, is a starter. There's a lot of sorting out to do, I think, behind them. And so I think the Chiefs really need to to use the preseason to figure that out, John. I'm uh, kind of in agreement with Steve, but I actually wrote down a name, Daniel Wise, uh, who kind of steps in for several players that are on the roster right now, including Phil Hoskins and Matt Dickerson and Chris Williams. These are guys that you would typically just refer to as camp bodies. But in the particular situation in which the Chiefs find themselves, where Tershawn Warden is coming back from an injury, Chris Jones is, yeah, we, you know, we don't know what's going on with him. Right. And Omanahu is going to miss the first game, six games of the season. You know, we're just an injury or two away from one of these guys getting some serious time in a game. And so I'm very interested to see what they can do. There was, there was one day at training camp where, where Wise caught your attention, if I remember correctly, Pete. So that's a, that's a guy I'm going to be watching for. And, uh, and I think Hoskins had a play yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. He, so, Yeah, uh, Wise has been good with these one-on-ones, like better than I would have thought. And you know, filling in for Chris Jones is a very tall order. And sure, so, yeah. And you know, keep in mind, too, we're always talking about the 53 to 53 and even – maybe even the 46, which I know some fans would really like us to discuss more. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of these guys are looking to make the 69, quote unquote, right? They right. want to just stick with the team and develop. And so that's where I think those guys come in too is sure. Can they do enough to push Brett Beach to keep them? I'm going to go uh, my, my final one, two newcomers, one true newcomer and one new to his role, Drew Tranquil and Brian Cook. Drew Tranquil, I think we, we want to see how the Chiefs use him. I know he's been a favorite of Steve's, and and it's really people have really liked the the signing. I, I think it's been impressive. What I've been most impressed with Tranquil about was that one day that Nick Bolton was sick, and he just came in and was the green dot. It's like, this guy, everyone always says how complicated, how much Steve Spagnolo puts on you uh, in, in this defense. You know, when you're a rookie or when you're a veteran coming in, and Drew, Drew Tranquil is like, yeah, you know what? five or six days in the camp here, I'm just going to call the defensive place. And he did good. 
And I think that was really impressive. He looks to be one of the best coverage linebackers the Chiefs have had in a long time. He looks to have some blitzing upside. I've noticed that. He's been in the face of quarterbacks. They got the yellow jersey on, so you can't hit him. So maybe Steve Spagnuolo lets him loose, and you see a, a sack from Drew Tranquil. So I'll be watching him. And then, man, the raving about Brian Cook has been nonstop. And even with Justin Reed, by extension, these guys have been – begging to hit somebody they had they come close at camp and then they like zoom by him of course because they you know they pull off at the last second and now they can right it's it's perfectly legal in an exhibition game to do that we'll see how much you see of them you know they may only get a series or two so and the ball's got to go in their direction but i think both of these guys are ready to rock somebody and i'm really interested in seeing brian cook now being the man in that free safety position it's going to be such a key for him so i think you got to be looking for a good start for Brian Cook. So I, I think we've touched on some some is there anything that that maybe we haven't touched upon that that you guys can think of? I'd like to submit Richie James returning kicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. See if he drops one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh I think fans could could breathe a sigh of relief should he be able to you know, bring each one in. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, they have so many questions. We talk about Chris Jones. Hell, that's a big one right now. Is he going to be there? What's it going to look like? When is he going to arrive? That's a huge question. That's your third, second, or third most important player on the team. You don't beat the Cincinnati Beagles in the AFC Championship game if he doesn't play. You don't beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, the first one, if he doesn't just have a takeover period for about a quarter and a half in that Super Bowl. That's a huge deal. There are question marks to both your tackles in a time frame that Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the planet. You're bringing in two brand new tackles right now. There's a question mark there. Your entire wide receiving core, you don't really know about. You feel good. You feel good. You don't really know about the defensive line. I mean, you know, I'm not been big on Frank Clark, but you lose Frank Clark and you're adding rookies. You're hoping George takes the next step and you're hoping Charles Amenahue, oh, hell, he got suspended for six games to kick things off, hoping he could be a part. There are it – is, it is really interesting that the Chiefs are the level they are, and they have so many questions and question marks as they had to try to become a dynasty. That is really interesting to me entering this season right now. It is interesting. I also like it because I remember like – I do too. When you – and I think we like it for different reasons, Ron. You like it because it's interesting. I like it because I think it's necessary. Like I, I think sometimes when you try to do – remember when they did the run it back tour 
and they just basically brought back the entire same team. And there were external factors for that. You know, the whole COVID thing took place. Um, but when you run it back and you've got the same guys for a second year, I think sometimes it's good to have new. It's good to have fresh whether that's faces, personalities, roles, whatever it might be, you need guys to move on. And I think there was a time, whether it was on the coaching staff with guys getting stuck because Eric Bieniemy, other teams around the NFL weren't willing to hire him for whatever reason, or whether it was because like you had guys that were in the same roles on defense and on offense, or you had this offense that was basically the exact same thing from the moment that Mahomes took over until they finally decided to, you know what, we're going to make a radical change here and trade Tyreek Hill and take that stalwart, future Hall of Famer, out of the offense and change this completely. I think it got a little stale. And I think what they have learned from the first three, four years of the Mahomes era, we got to keep this thing fresh, man. I know in in the NBA, one of the things that Bill Simmons always talks about is you got to win it for somebody new every year, right? Like when the Warriors were going through their thing, you had somebody new to the mix every single season that becomes like a significant piece of their rotation. Yeah, we got to win it for this person, yeah. Exactly. And I think the Chiefs are now at that place where every year they come into the season and it's a little different. There's some new things. You're keeping things intellectually interesting for Patrick Mahomes for Andy Reid, for Travis Kelsey. You add new wrinkles and you add new challenges so that way they feel like, okay, this isn't the same as what I've been doing my entire career. This one's going to feel a little bit different. So I like it for that reason, even though like when you have question marks, it's scary because you don't know how it's going to end. Like It could end with us saying, oh, bleep, Donovan Smith was not very good last year for Tampa Bay, and that's because it was falling off. Not because it was a like a weird down season with injuries. He just wasn't the same guy anymore, and it didn't work here in Kansas City. And now we don't have a left tackle. Like that's possible. Yeah, it's possible. And sir, I, I'm I'm because I know you're tied in at it as well. And I and and I I'm trying to get my mind around which way to go. For me, sir, I don't view it as questions that are oh hell like. Oh my God! Like yeah. Jesus! Like we're like it's questions, but it's questions to me of like this could be better than it was, right? It's not questions of oh my God, what are they gonna do? Like they're gonna have to try to figure out a way all year long to mask this. It's just more unknowns than fear of what could happen to me. Well, but uh, the process or to is. Them. Correct. Like what the Chiefs are doing right now is what you should be doing. And I think sometimes teams do get too tied into like the Rams, like push everything in and totally ruin their franchise for the foreseeable future. Like it's going to be several years before the Rams are really good again because they don't have draft picks. They, they've got bloated contracts and aging players and got guys that are going to be out of the league sooner. And I think what the Chiefs have done the last two years is really smart and it's the right process as long as it works. And they've got the advantage of having Patrick Mahomes and he is going to keep you competitive no matter what. Like you're going to be competitive every single year. But the difference is over the next couple of years is are they just going to be competitive or are they going to stay as this upper echelon elite NFL team? And they did it last year, but this year is even more curious 
because there's more questions because there's more young bodies on the team because there, there there's there's less established players but that's the process that you would want them to work through as long as they're hitting on the draft picks. They already got incredible returns on last year's draft class. We'll see about this year's draft class. I'm excited about it. I want to see those guys and we'll see what Justin Ross has, but like that, this is the right process in my opinion, to try to keep everything fresh and them acknowledging early on. Cause I think that like that year that they drafted Clyde, I think they looked at that draft class and kind of said like, no more luxury picks. Like we're not, we're not just looking at these guys anymore and saying we're ready to win right now. We've got the best player in the world. We're going to compete for Super Bowls every year. They realize like that was a blown pick drafting Clyde in the first round of that NFL draft. And now they're acquiring picks and they're addressing needs and trying to find talented players in the draft. And so far the results have been really good. We just have a ton of question marks because we just have to see more of these guys before we feel confident in any of that. Ron, they're the antithesis of what the bills are right now. The bills have won nothing and are just running it back every year. They're just out here like, Hey, we were close, man. We were so close. And I think it's gotten stale in Buffalo. Whereas in Kansas city, they're actually making the moves that are necessary to be able to keep them at the top. That's my thing is if you look at all of the spaces that I named, they have questions and they are legit questions that you don't know about. But if you look at it, you feel good. Like to me, can Wiley, can, can Smith and, and, uh, and, and, and Taylor be better than Wiley and, uh, and, 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 and Orlando Brown? Yes. Like, like they can be, I just don't know yet, but yes. When I look at that re- receiving core, can they be better than Juju's, uh, 35-year-old-looking legs and, you know, Hardman, who was always injured, and 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 uh, who knows about oh, oh, oh buddy uh, Jim Carrey. He's, I mean, he's always injured himself. If you, he just looks like Carrey from The Mask. If you see, like when he wears that, when he does that smile with them gold <laughs> teeth, he looks like Jim Carrey from The Mask. I'm sorry, but, but he's often it. But I just feel like the receiving core can be better than it was last year. The defensive line, they're younger. We just don't know about it. They can be better. It's just more unknown. It's legit questions. More questions that you would normally that you would normally expect for a team who is shooting for a dynasty, but still questions, but I think more questions of unknown than, yo, know, this, 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 this is just going to be an issue. Can they work around it? The only thing that couldn't be an issue to work around it if some crazy happens and Chris Jones doesn't play like that is the only that's well, of the questions. That's and, the- you know, and we always talk about like with quarterbacks, like, well, they should elevate their wide receivers. And like, that was always the thing with Aaron Rodgers because like, well, Brady does it like Peyton Manning does it like, why can't Rodgers do it? And Mahomes proved last season that he can do that too. When you trade away Tyree kill, he can elevate those guys. But I think it's also, it's just, organizationally like BK mentioned the bills. And I think that's a great example because the chiefs are just better top to bottom than the bills are. Andy Reid is a better head coach. Steve Spagnuolo is a better defensive coordinator in my opinion. And right now they are better at drafting players than the bills are. Like if you look at the bills draft class, like this window that they've been in the last few years where they're trying to compete for championships, they've got a lot of draft picks that just haven't really panned out. Like they, they loaded up that defensive line year after year after year for like three or four years in a row, just trying to load it up and get pass rush talent. Like, and then they still had to bring in Von Miller because all those guys are just kind of middling players. None of them turned into stars. 
And the Chiefs already got a huge return on last year's draft class, and everybody's raving about those guys this year, headed into year number two. And everybody's really excited to see these rookies. Like, it, it seems like the Chiefs had the process and they were able to establish the process earlier than most teams are willing to commit to do it. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are probably a part of that and, and them willing to move on so early and, and try to set something else up. But so far it, it's all working and that I, I still believe this season, they're going to be even better than they were last year. And they won a Super Bowl last year. Well, BK, the number one question, and, it, and it's interesting to me because you have just been calm, cool, collected. Hey man, ain't no big deal. It ain't nothing. Hey, we got to, Hey, it ain't, we ain't reached no time where we need to worry about Chris Jones. I mean, we're good. And we've had several of these conversations. I don't know if it was because the baby was coming and you was just chilling. I don't know. But you have just, this has not, this has not really concerned you whatsoever. Have you reached a point yet where you are, uh, where you're feeling a little late? Like, hey, the, the clock is ticking a little bit on Chris Jones. Have you, have you gotten a little, a little bit more concerned at all yet, BK, with this? You know why I'm not concerned is because the Chiefs don't appear to be concerned. Like oh, okay. once the Chiefs start getting concerned, okay. then I will start being concerned. And what I mean by that is like, there's no deadline, man. Nothing has changed. I know people freaked out today because Nate Taylor had a really good story with like the TikTok of everything that's been taking place. Why are we here? Why is Chris Jones not in camp? What's he looking for? What are the Chiefs trying to do? Like he had a really good story earlier today on The Athletic about why we are where we are right now. And the big headlines that came out of that, one was already known. Chris Jones seeks an extension that would pay him an average of $30 million per year. We knew that. That had been reported by Nate Taylor previously. The other was that the Chiefs, according to a league source telling Nate Taylor, are unwilling to make Jones the league's highest paid defensive tackle. Ron, those two things are like obvious notes. And I'm, this is not me denigrating anything that Nate Taylor is reporting here. But the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL is Aaron Donald at $31.6 million per year. So if Chris Jones himself is asking for only 30 and the Chiefs have not met that price, by virtue of them not agreeing to a deal yet, it is a guarantee. Locked in stone. No doubt about it. We knew the Chiefs are not willing to make him the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Chris Jones appears to be not asking to be the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL, by the way. The question is, where do they get in the range between the $30 million that Chris Jones is asking for and the $24 million that Quinn and Williams signed for earlier this year? That is a massive gap, a $6 million average annual value between the first highest paid defensive tackle in the league yeah. and the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league. And that's where all the wiggle room comes in, and that's why it's taking so long. But to answer the question directly, when will I start getting afraid? Man, if he doesn't have a contract signed around the time when they play against Cleveland in the third preseason game, so about two weeks from now, all right, now I'm starting to get a little worried because at that point, if you're not in camp, like you're probably not going to be ready to go to play week one against Detroit. He's playing this year. He's going to report to camp eventually. I just, that's when I will start to worry about, okay, Chris Jones might not be on the Chiefs in 2024. That's the real conversation that will take place then. Can I just say sort of, I just don't know how crazy enough Chris Jones is to take this. That that that's my thing. I'm with you, BK. Logic tells me that he is gonna play. He's I not gonna miss games. 
right. already right. he's already pushing a million dollars in fines just from trading. I, I, I know it's he's not put, just crazy. It would be stupid for him to miss games. He's I missing know. out on twenty million. I know you, there is no way to make that up. I know this isn't Le'Veon Bell sitting out. Okay. Like, that's a and lot you, of money. And you lose a year of of service time. No, like you, I know you that it doesn't move. Have that move over to the next year. I hear you. I just I'm telling you, I don't know how much of a wild card. I don't know who's talking to him. I don't like. I don't know that I'm a hundred percent confident that Chris Jones is not going to just get stupid. Like let, hey, maybe let, let me go ahead and tell you. Let, let, let's clear clear in the camera, right? Chris Jones is not missing games. He oh, will not yeah. miss football games this year. Zero chance. He's, Guaranteed. Take it to the well, bank I because that's not. what Chris Jones is I'm doing. He's holding out for money, and, and he's going to miss out on 20 mil? Nah, man. He ain't I missing any games. I'm with, I hear you, too. I'm he's absolutely saying, not missing games. Okay. I don't want to have that conversation. I'm just saying for me, I don't want to leave it up. But, to the I, point of how I don't know how far, how much he'll take. Ron, what was in that orange drink that you had earlier? Was that a margarita? A little vodka on the rocks and some OJ. What, what are we doing? A little here? Woodford Reserve. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I listen. I'm like I'm just like you don't even think five percent. No. You don't 0%. think five percent? I think there is zero of him to it's, say. Yeah, I'll it's miss not the, the same Lions thing as Le'Veon Bell. Skip. Even it's so much more money than that. Like we're we're talking about totally different position. Did you think? Did you think Le'Veon was crazy enough to miss games to miss a whole season? It was stupid, and that's why Chris Jones didn't do stupid. it. I, mean, I, I, think, I, I mean, no, Le'Veon hey, was also on. younger than Chris hold Jones. On, hold on, like, B, hold on, BK. This is a clearly, clearly. A January, February conversation. You could just march your way on out of this. I am talking to Steve. Steve, did you think Le'Veon Bill was crazy enough no, to miss because a I season? thought it was All right, stupid. I'm just saying. Because I I'm thought just... it was stupid, but he was also a younger player, and I get what he was trying to do because the running back market has not gotten better. It has not gotten better for the players who play that position across the NFL. It's only gotten worse, and they're pres- – positional value is just decreasing year after year. So I think Le'Veon Bell thought he was like, I'm making a sacrifice for the position and for myself. And it's all going to work out in the future. Like that's not what Chris Jones is doing here. He is only hurting himself by Dude. sacrificing that money this season. He's doing and it not right putting now. himself in a better long-term position with the chiefs and like, and next season. Okay. Say he wants to sit out this season. Okay. Next season. Okay, well, we'll just we'll trade you ahead of the draft. Now that we've got time to plan for this, and now now that we know, and you're a year older, and we don't trust that you're going to come back and get us 15 sacks again, we'll just trade you before the draft and, and get some return on you that way. Yeah, but like, they're not going to trade him this late in the off season. He's going to get a deal done, hopefully, eventually. And if he doesn't, he's going to play this season, and then the Chiefs are going to are going to piss him off and franchise tag him next year, or he's going to hit the free agent market or work out a long term deal again. I'm just saying, anybody like I don't think he's. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying I think he's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell and sit the year. I'm not even sitting here saying that I that I think he is going. I would. I I feel like hey, there's a real good chance he's going to miss games. I'm just saying, what did you say in fines? He's racking up. Are we have we cleared a million in fines yet? It's fifty a day, right? It's fifty a day. I haven't added them up recently. Like we got it. We got it. Yeah, he was pushing five hundred thousand last week, I think. Yeah, we got to be pushing something. Like anybody, and and clearly he's ready to lay it on the line to to push it towards a million. 
I'm just saying somebody who is willing to push that there, I am I I am at least going to pay attention to the point of saying, would he do something silly like sit out this Lions game to really try to push out to push to push the envelope? That's all I'm saying. And even on top of that, because BK, didn't you? I think you wanted to you want to have a discussion on if this team could potentially be a top 10 defense, which if you look at the parts, yeah, sure. That don't happen if that dude ain't there. And not just if that dude ain't there, it doesn't happen potentially if that dude is halfway there or there in his own mind sometimes or there if, oh, let me play in these primetime games and really show out. But these other games, I don't give a rip. Or let me hunt down sacks and let me – and just like that, like also having him on the team being pissed and 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 not just completely selling out is also a thought to me. And if you don't, and if he's pissed and you don't give him no deal, like I don't like, I wonder what kind of Chris Jones you got for the for the seventeen games in the playoffs. It's by my calculations, and I just did this really quick, so it might be a little off. But oh, he's at eight hundred thousand dollars in the fines oh, yeah. right now. And he's, yeah, he's. I mean, he's crazy enough to just say a million clean. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, he's also saying a million clean. I'm good to it's, not go to camp and yeah, and, and, and tra- late, training and camp wraps. I hear you. I hear you. And so he, also, he could show back up to the Chiefs facility and be like, "I just want to try to go say, Joe, I'll pay a million dollars for that." Yeah, work. he could have. He could have came to that facility with some sort of an injury that he's nursing too, or something to have not just gotten this money. Hold showed in. Up. That's what he players. Just, maybe yeah, he just he, hates Saint Joe. Maybe he just hates. No, or 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 he's nuts. And he's he's nuts, and he's really he'll push the envelope. I do think he's pushing the envelope. Like I I would not have advised him to hold out a camp. And oh, part of that is because like, guys, if there's anything we know about Andy Reid, it's that he a doesn't like surprises, and b does not like when people miss his training camp because he thinks his training camp is the best training camp, and he puts it together a specific kind of way to get the team ready for not just the beginning of the season, but to really endure throughout the entirety of the regular season. And Chris Jones not being there, I would have to imagine you're going to piss off Andy Reid quite a bit. So, oh, he's hot. And, and guess who is one of the lead negotiators in all of this? Like, we know how this works. Like, I think Brett Veach does a lot of the legwork leg on it, but Andy has some significant say in all of these decisions. Hell yeah. So, especially ones this big, where you're going to make this guy one of the or the second highest paid player on your roster. If so, Andy wanted him to get 30, he could get the deal done. Exactly. So, I, I don't know that that was a smart decision by him, just to get on the wrong side of Andy while negotiating, at least in part, with Andy. That being said, man, I he's going to play this year. Your question about like what does this mean for their defense and whether or not they can be a top 10 unit, that I think is... Because you legit believe that if Chris Jones is Chris Jones. I, I think they've got a shot. Like, I was listening yeah. to the Athletics uh, football podcast. I think they do a really good job. And Nate Tice brought them up as, like, one of the honorable mentions when they were breaking down the top 10 defenses in the league. By the way, Ron, one of them mentioned the Houston Texans as a sneaky uh, good option in that in that as well. Let's not get um, out of control here. <laughs> I, I think that the Chiefs have the talent and the depth to be a top 10 unit if things come together this year. But – so far, things ain't exactly coming together for them the way that you would like to see. Chris Jones being a just absolute game wrecker is necessary. And if he's going to play the way that he did last year, that's the first step to becoming a top 10 defense. 
But he was if big time motivated last year. And he was playing the way that they've wanted him to play for years. Man, he was playing within the system. He was setting other guys up. He was playing well against the run. Like, he did everything. that He was legitimately the best interior defensive tackle in the NFL full stop last year. Yes, better than Aaron Donald. If he goes back to being the guy that's just sack hunting all day long, he's probably like one of the three best defensive tackles in the league still. He's amazing. But the value there to be a top 10 unit defensively goes down a little bit. Now maybe you're the 15th best defense, the 20th best defense in the league. So I think he is that important to the unit to deciding whether or not they can reach that kind of a ceiling. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.